0: So, this is the second week in a four-part series called Holy Spirit. And I'm excited because it's Pentecost Sunday. Pentecost. What does that mean? We need to define the term Pentecost because there's been a lot of uh, false packaging, I guess, or or, uh, mysterious things and uh, maybe some confusing things for some people around this word called Pentecost. Pentecost. You know, I didn't just just to let you know. I didn't grow up Pentecostal. I grew up in a very reserved environment in the church. We were reserved and you didn't clap, you didn't shout, you didn't dance. And I did all of that this morning. I shouted, I clapped, and I danced. And I'm feeling good. Right? If you weren't here for the very first uh, message, you need to go back and listen to it. We, we kind of unpacked the term Holy Spirit. And so, you know, what you don't know can be a little bit confusing and a little bit uh, intimidating, right? So we're kind of going deep on some of these terms that we just use and take for granted. Holy Spirit, Pentecost, Acts 19, verse 1. Look at this. While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. So we've got two disciples in two different places. Paul went to Ephesus and he found some disciples. Those were people that were following Jesus. And he didn't just assume that they knew the Holy Spirit. He asked them the question. Here's a good question to ask. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? That's what he asked them. And here's their reply. No, we haven't even heard. Man, we haven't even heard if there's a the Holy Spirit. We know Jesus. We are following Jesus. But we don't know anything about the Holy Spirit. And really, honestly, there, much of the church is, is there at that place today. They have met the Son, but they have no idea who the third person of the Trinity is. They may have heard about this thing, but let me tell you, the Holy Spirit is not a thing he is a person. And so, you know, the first two weeks ago, in the first message, we, we understood that the, the translation of the word Holy Spirit is more, is more accurately translated the breath of God. And so it's God's expression of Himself. The Holy Spirit is not a separate person from the Trinity, He is not a thing. He is part of the Trinity. And it's God's expression released upon the earth at a certain time. In the time that we're living in. And so, you know, I was at this place 35 years ago. I met Jesus. I had a relationship with Jesus. But I didn't know anything about the Holy Spirit. And uh, I believe that the Lord will use me because you know, some of my experience, like he uses other people as well, but not only me, but to bring clarity to this maybe confusion about who the Holy Spirit is and why we should be filled with the Spirit. And so today we're going to focus on the word Pentecost. Uh, If you'll notice in your notes that these uh, Jewish holidays, we're going to talk about three Jewish holidays today and how they correlate or parallel the experiences that God wants us to have in our life as a Christian on this side of the cross, and so we 're going to look at passover we 're going to look at the, uh, ex- the the festival of Pentecost and then the feast or festival of the tabernacles or trumpets and so <clears throat> There are these uh, three main Jewish feasts, or holy days, are celebrations on the Jewish calendar. So they seem kind of strange to us, and uh, they can be a little bit intimidating or intriguing. But listen, God does everything for a purpose and for a reason. You know, most of us here this morning, how, how, many, how many of us come from a Jewish background? One out of a hundred. Uh, <laughs> one out of a hundred. So, it does good to talk about the background of Pentecost so that we understand. The first festival that we want to talk about, you know, well, look at Matthew chapter 5. It's in your notes there. Jesus, listen, Jesus didn't do away with the Old Testament. I mean, you still have it in your Bible today, right? We go from Genesis to Revelation. There's not a new version of the Bible that just says, okay, this is just the New Testament and we're a New Testament church so don't bring the Old Testament to us I hope there's no churches that are that way because you're missing a lot from the Old Testament everything that happened in the New Testament was prophesied in the Old Testament and so we need to go back sometimes and see what God said and see how it was fulfilled And so Passover or l- let, me, let me just bring out that one scripture in Matthew chapter 5. Jesus said this, don't think that I've come to abolish the law or the prophets. He was talking about the first five books of the Bible, the, the Pentateuch. Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Those, that, that is the law, right? The Mosaic law. Don't think that I've come to abolish them, but Jesus said I've come to fulfill them. So he didn't do away with them. He walked in the fullness of the law and the prophets. He was prophesied all the way from Genesis, all the way up to Habakkuk, right? Malachi, all the way into the inner testem, testem, the inner Testament period. Jesus was prophesied all the way through the, the words of the prophets. And so this first feast that we want to look at is Passover. Let me remind you that it's not the practices that we keep of the Old Testament, but we still need to embrace the principles from the Old Testament. Passover, you have a blank there, Passover represents salvation. Passover represents salvation. We need to know this so that we can see how awesome God is. And so that we can appreciate God's design, His intricate design. What He said, He performs. And then we need to know it so that we can explain it to others who don't know it, right? But Passover represents salvation. Passover was a celebration when the children of Israel or the Hebrew nation came out of Egypt. And it's the first major holiday or holy day of the Jewish year. And so there's two in the spring and one in the fall that we're going to be talking about, the three main feast or celebration of the Jews. And so here's a little background. The Jewish nation went into Egypt because of a famine. They got stuck there for 400 years, and in fact, Pharaoh, the Egyptian Pharaoh, enslaved them and used them to make the pyramids and different things in Egypt and God did not want them to be slaves obviously so he sent a man named Moses to bring them out of bondage Moses assignment was to lead the people of God out of bondage in Egypt but Pharaoh did not want the people to go and so plagues came and uh, they were all those plagues were an attempt for God to get the Egyptians to let the Jewish people go. And the tenth plague, or the final plague, that uh, was, was brought upon the people of the land was the uh, the plague of the firstborn male of every fam- family would die. The, the plague of death on the firstborn of every male in the family. But God, of course, did not want the Hebrew males to be killed or to die. And so he told the Hebrew people what to do so that their firstborn male child would not die. He said, Take a lamb and sacrifice the lamb. After you sacrifice the lamb, take the blood of the lamb and put the blood on the doorpost, on the side and on the top of your house. And the death angel will pass over. Everybody say, Pass over. Passover, that's where they get the name Passover. The death angel passed over the Hebrew homes and the male child of every family was spared. The firstborn male child was spared. And so when uh, God was basically saying, when I see the blood, I will pass over. And so we're going to notice some, some very... Uh, Awesome parallels are a mirror between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Look at this. We've got it up here on the slide. The Passover lamb was sacrificed at 9 a.m. The sacrifice of this lamb was then placed in the oven at 3 p.m. The sacrifice for the, the Jewish families covered their sins until the next Passover, which was a year later. But look in the New Testament, after Jesus, or when Jesus came. Jesus was sacrificed on Passover at 9 a.m. Jesus was put, his body was put in a tomb at 3 p.m. And Jesus' sacrifice didn't just cover our sin, Jesus' sacrifice removed our sin. Isn't that awesome? I mean, such a fulfillment of the prophecies that happened thousands of years, a thousand years before, right? And so God had prepared his people for the coming of Jesus. These feasts, these festivals, these celebrations mean a lot to us. Passover, Passover represents salvation. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7. Jesus is our Passover lamb, Christ, Christ, our Passover lamb has been sacrificed for us. The thing about Christ's sacrifice for us is we couldn't do anything about it. We had nothing. This happened thousands of years before today, and it was done for you. There was nothing you could do to earn it or gain it. But he saw down in 2018 where you would need a sacrificial lamb and the blood of Jesus paying for your salvation. And he did it 2,000 years ago. Isn't that awesome? Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8 and 9. It says, For it is by grace that we have been saved. See, there was nothing that we could do. It was by His grace. Through faith, and this is not from ourselves, it is the gift. Everybody say gift. Amen. It's a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. So there's nothing that we could ever do to gain salvation because it's such a free gift. We were singing about it this morning. His love, the love that He gave, the love that Jesus came and that He walked in, the love that He used to lay down His life to pay the price for for our salvation. There was nothing we could do to gain it. There was nothing we could do to earn it. But he doesn't want us to camp out at salvation. He doesn't want us to just participate in the Passover. He has a Pentecost. He has a Feast of Tabernacles. God has more for you. Look at your neighbor and say, God has more for you. So don't just stop at salvation. God has more for us. He wants us to continue on this journey. Because after salvation, God has an assignment for you. Right? God has assignment for us. So Pentecost. Pentecost represents the power to make a difference. The power to make a difference. This word... Pentecost is a compound word it's made of two made of two words penta and coste. Penta meaning 5 and coste meaning the power of 10 or the power to the 10th power. So that's that's put put that together and that's 5 to the 10th power which is 50. Right? So Pentecost happened five, 50 days after Passover and so this is the Sunday that Pentecost is celebrated because it's 50 days after Passover but you know there, there's been there's been such uh, mystery about this Pentecost because how many of you grew up in a Pentecostal background you're not ashamed to raise your hand now are you but but I, there's a point there, right? Because the world thinks that Pentecostal people are strange. You either wear too much makeup or not any makeup. <laughs> or you roll on the floor or jump the seats or sh- swing on the chandeliers. Right? <laughs> or handle snakes. Right? I, I mean... It's all over the map. But listen, Pentecost is not a scary word, right? Pentecost. Did you get scared? (laughs) Did that scare you? No. It was a word that meant what? Fifty. It just meant fifty. So if you're Pentecostal, then maybe you're fifty. No. (laughs) No. I mean, I don't understand why people attach a word to, you know, the fullness of the Holy Spirit, like Pentecost, but we'll see in Acts chapter 2. So, listen, this this celebration started when the law was given to Moses. This celebration started uh, when they were out of Egypt, they came out of Egypt and they're around the mountain of Sinai in the presence of God. There was an earthquake, there was fire, there was smoke, and it was loud. And so God wrote His law on tablets of stone. So we're going to see a mirror between the old covenant, the first covenant, and the second covenant, the New Testament, in this chart that we put up on the slides here. Uh, in in the old, old covenant, a cloud descended with a loud noise and fire right? God wrote his law on tablets of stone. And 3,000 died as a result of rejecting God. Now, you can go back and, and study that, but those are the facts surrounding this event of Pentecost. So in the New Testament, we see that the Holy Spirit descended with a loud sound and with fire. We see also that at that time, the Holy Spirit came to live in our hearts, so God was writing his law on our hearts. And then the day, this is interesting, the day that the Holy Spirit came, there were 3,000 people that were saved yes. as a result of that. Look at Acts chapter 1, we're going to read in verse 3, 4, and 5, Acts one, three, four, 4, and 5. After Jesus' suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. So this is after Jesus' death. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. And you say, well, you see, there's, that's 40 days, not 50 days. Well, we're, we're going to add the 10 more days here in just a moment. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift of my Father, which he has promised. And you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So they went, and they obeyed what Jesus told them to do. And they went to this upper room, and they were there for ten days days. 10 plus 40 is 50 days. So that's why we see in Acts chapter 2, look at Acts chapter 2 and verse 1. Acts chapter 2 and verse 1 says, and we can quote it, especially all the Pentecostals can quote this, when the day of Pentecost was, had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And so they waited. Now, notice that Jesus did not tell them that they would be filled with power on the day of Pentecost. He just told them to go to the upper room. And the, he didn't tell them what the sign would be, that there would be a tongue of fire, a, a, a symbol of fire on their head. And he didn't, he didn't tell them that... Uh, that they would feel anything or they would roll around on the floor or he Jesus listen Jesus never pointed to the spectacular signs in fact when Jesus walked on the earth he says a a perverse generation seeks a sign and then he pointed to himself and he says I will give you a sign I will die and I'll raise be raised again on the third day right so he doesn't want us to look for signs but he wants us to obey. And because they obeyed and they stayed there and prayed, stay and pray, until until the power of God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, came and filled the place. And then we see what happened. It was, it was the, the power produced the sound. See, the Holy Spirit wasn't the sound. But the coming of the Holy Spirit produced a sound. The Holy Spirit wasn't fire, but the, the, the manifestation of the fire on each, each person's head was a manifestation of the power of the Holy Spirit. When I was filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, I, I, didn't, I looked in the mirror, I didn't see any fire on my head, <laughs> right? But I was filled nonetheless. Look at Acts 1 verse 8. Acts 1 8 says, This is what Jesus said. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So here's what Jesus was saying in, in, in our language Guys, I've got some work for you to do, and you're going to need some power to pull it off. <laughs> That's what Pentecost really means. It's not about wild church services. It's not about crazy goosebumps all over your body, falling over, acting crazy. You know, the enemy has has put this false package on this thing to scare people off of something. But I want you to understand this morning if you don't if you don't hear anything else, you need the power of the Holy Spirit to be successful in life. To fulfill the assignment that God has for you. God has an assignment for you. And He expects us to, to experience the power of the Holy Spirit and continue our journey in. See, see, we couldn't do anything to earn God's grace had already provided for it. Jesus died. There was nothing that we did to earn that salvation. But after, there's another experience called experiencing the power, being filled with the power of the Holy Spirit that equips us so that we can go and do the works that Jesus did, right? That is why we need to experience the power of the Holy Spirit to make a difference. Everybody say, to make a difference. The third feast that we're going to look at is Tabernacles. Tabernacles is a representation of the second coming of Jesus. So write that in your blank there, the second coming of Jesus. And like like I said before, it happens in the fall, around harvest time. And it was to signify and celebrate their wandering in the wilderness. They wandered in the wilderness how many years? Forty years they wandered in the wilderness. But they were on their way to the promised land. And God did not want them to forget that wandering. And so they celebrated this tabernacles. Also, it's called the, the Feast of the Trumpets. But look at the, look at the parallel here. Look at the mirror between the old and the new. They were wandering and living in temporary huts. <clears throat> they were brought their final home which was the promised land and they celebrated it during the harvest season now if you look at how that parallels in the new testament god wants us to remember that we're living on a temporary earth that this earth that we're living on right now is not going to be the earth that we live on forever some of you are looking really shocked right now this is not heaven This is not heaven. This, eh, eh, listen, if you think this earth is good, and some, I mean, you can travel the whole earth and look at the beautiful sights and God's majestic creation, but this, it, it has been experiencing sin for thousands of years, guys. Listen, God has better for us, and he wants us to remember that this is just temporary And he wants us to remember that we're going to be brought to our final home, that we're just pilgrims passing through. This helps us to remember this, right? And also that there's going to be a final harvest of people. God has revealed through his word that there's going to be a great final harvest of people. And, and, and you might be wondering, well, is that true, Pastor Roos? Is that really true? But if you study um, these statistics of people becoming born again, and I know we have to consider that there are more people alive on the earth today than there ever has been before, but there's been more people born again and experienced a salvation experience from the year 2000 to 2018 than there was previous, the previous 2,000 years since Jesus rose from the dead. Isn't that awesome? Yes. To think about that. There's a harvest going on all over the earth. God is pouring out of His Spirit upon all flesh. Yes. And people are, are connecting with Jesus. Yes. And we're a part of that. Yes. Isn't that awesome? Yes. And so look at 1 Thessalonians Chapter 4 and verse 16. This is also called the Feast of the Trumpets, guys. Feast of the Trumpets. So the tabernacles is also called the Feast of the Trumpets. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16 said, For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive are left to be caught together with them in the clouds to meet. The Lord in the air, and so we will be with the Lord forever. Isn't that awesome? That God has your future planned out, and it's a great future. It's better than you could have planned out. He's been spending a long time planning your future, and He loves you, and it's going to be awesome. So it begins, but it begins with the cross, guys. It begins with salvation. It begins with that first Passover that. Jesus being the sacrifice, the, the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the earth. And then we come through Pentecost, that need for the Holy Spirit power to empower us to do something, to fulfill the assignment that God has for us. And then we, we need to always remember this experience of heaven. God has prepared for us the second coming of Christ and what, what is in store for us because we have uh, given our lives to Christ. You know, most, most people don't understand the age that we're living in right now. This, this is the age of the Holy Spirit on, on the earth. Living in the church and doing the works of Jesus. Most people don't understand that. But let me give you three benefits. Well, I'll give you three benefits, but I want you to turn to Acts chapter 2 first. I, I kind of jumped ahead of myself. That confusion of the Holy Spirit... Who is the Holy Spirit and how does he work through me? Why would the Holy Spirit need to use me? I mean, people, people are asking that question all over the place. They come in contact with the fact that there is a Holy Spirit, like we found out in Acts chapter 19. You know, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? Well, we, we know there's a Holy Spirit, but why would he need to use me? There's been some confusion there. Look at Acts chapter 2, verse 12. It says, Amazing and perplexed. They asked one another, what does this mean? All of these things that were happening down on the streets of Jerusalem, the people that were gathered together, they were filled with power. There was such joy, and they were speaking in all kinds of languages. And people were asking, probably themselves were asking, what does this mean? So it's okay to ask, what does this mean? Listen, it took me a long time. I mean, a, a couple of years, and when I was 20 years old, that was a long time, right? When you're 19, 20 years old, two years is a long time. It took me a long time to find out who the Holy Spirit was until that, that day that I received the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And I think there's a lot of people that 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 desire to be filled with the Holy Spirit, but because they don't understand and because they've, They see a different package than the real thing that they back away. But there's three benefits that I want to point out this morning of the empowerment. You know, our vision says we see people saved and healed, set free and empowered. That fourth step or the fourth thing that we see for people. We see people saved and healed, set free and empowered. That empowerment is the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. We need this power. The Holy Spirit empowers me to live righteously. Righteously. that's, That's the first blank there. To live righteously means to make decisions to do the right thing. That's very simple, right? To live righteously doesn't mean to live on some elevated level that you never make a mistake. It just means making the right decisions to do the right thing look at Romans chapter 8 and verse 9. Romans 8 9 says, you, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives in you. And so, you know, maybe you've been struggling and you say, well, pastor, you know, I'm controlled by my sinful nature. Well, this is the reason why we need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit so that we're not doing what our flesh tells us to do, and we're not trying to live by a set of external laws, and we're not trying to remind ourselves of doing things that we don't want to do. We need to move from, uh, you know, the want to and not have to. Too many people live under this, I have to do this and I have to do that and I have to do this to please God. No, no, no. Once you're empowered with the Holy Spirit, he moves you over here to a place of, I want to, I want to, this is what I want to do, I want to do God's will. And he gives you the power then to do it, right? So he gives you the power to do the right thing at the right time for the right reason. And you're not slapping your hand from the outside, but you're listening to the inside. Isaiah chapter 30 and verse 21, it's there in your notes. It says, whether you turn to the, to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. That's the power of the Holy Spirit helping you to make the right decision at the right time for the right reason. There have been times in my life, I, the Lord has taken me back and showing me at the age of 20, when I, when I needed to make a decision to go to Bible school, you know, I know that seems like to you, you're looking at me and you're saying, Pastor, you don't even look over 20. <laughs> but it was just a few years ago, more like 35 years ago. But <laughs> it doesn't feel like that long ago. But the Lord's taking me back and t- telling me and showing me, listen, when you were 20 years old, you were at that place where you needed to hear that voice behind you saying, this is the way, now walk in it. There was, there was another time about three years after that, after I'd gone to Bible school and I met this beautiful lady on the front row here and I was Twitter I was excited, man, she fit everything that I wanted in a wife and I needed to make that decision, guys, just because it's a good thing doesn't mean it's a God thing. And so I needed to hear the voice behind me saying, this is the woman, take her, if she'll let you, all <laughs> right? <laughs> she had to be in agreement, right? But then when, when I was, we, we, were, we were married when we were about 23, and I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of rounding things off because the Lord was kind of rounding it off to me. But then at the age of 33, we, we, we moved to Italy. And that's a big decision taking my wife and my daughter all the way to a foreign country. And so I needed to hear that voice behind me. It was the power of the Holy Spirit living in me to, to help me to live righteously, making the right decision at the right time for the right reason. And then at 43, we, when we started the church, around about 43, so the Lord has has worked with me through the years, guys. This takes a while to understand this. This is a process. You, you walk with the Lord. You understand his voice. It's, it doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen overnight. Don't get frustrated. Just relax in knowing the Holy Spirit. And let him lead you. Let him lead you. It is a process. Point number two. The Holy Spirit empowers me to live supernaturally. Supernaturally. There is power in our lives that he, God, the Holy Spirit, wants to display through us. Acts 10 and verse 38. Acts ten thirty-eight in the New Living Translation says, And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And if you listen to the words of Jesus... He speaks to his disciples, which we are of those disciples. And he says, the works that I did shall you do and even greater works. And so we're only going to do the greater works through his power. The very same way that Jesus did. Jesus never cast out a devil before he was empowered by the Holy Spirit. And so we need the power of the Holy Spirit to go around doing good and healing all who are oppressed. Because there are a lot of people today that are oppressed. There are, there are a lot of people that are confused. There are a lot of people that are listening to voices in their minds and then taking firearms and damaging people, killing people. Guys, this message is more relevant today than ever before. Right? We, as God's people, need to be filled with his power so that we can do good and make a difference. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 5, or 4 and 5. 1 Corinthians 2, 4, and 5 says, My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. So guys, it's, it's like I was saying before in the beginning of the message. It, it, the notes, your notepapers, you know, uh, the, the slides, all of this, All of this means nothing without the power of the Holy Spirit. These songs that we sing, if the presence of God is not here and the, the, the power of the Holy Spirit is not here, then they're just vain and empty, right? So it's not man's wisdom that we want to learn. It is not a good sermon that you want to hear, even though that's great. But if the power of God and the presence of God is not in it, then it doesn't do anything to help you or anyone else. But I'm letting you know that the power of God is here, and that power makes a difference. So you need to encounter that power for your marriage. You need to encounter that power for your relationships. All of us have dysfunctional relationships. You know why? Because we connect ourselves with people that are dysfunctional. But we can bring function to dysfunction through the power of the Holy Spirit. Right? You, you can't do it with your mind, even though you may understand. You may take all the f- philosophy classes or psychology classes uh, and try to understand the mind and the heart and the will and the personality of people, and, and so you're a, 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 a certified counselor, but there's still dysfunctional people that you're connected to, and the only thing that's going to bring peace to those relationships is the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit. So we need a supernatural power in our lives to live, live in this world. And listen, every time I face the things that I can't do in my own power, I realize that I need his power. Point number three, the Holy Spirit empowers me to live on mission. He empowers me to live on mission. First Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 5. 1 Thessalonians 1.5 says, Our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit, and with deep conviction. So we're here not for ourselves. We're We're not here for ourselves. We're here for the people who haven't heard about Jesus. And we're here that... To, to, to give the love of Jesus to people that need to experience the love of Jesus. We're here on a mission. We're here on an assignment. And we exist for others. And if we don't see people, we will never fulfill our mission. The Holy Spirit, every time I wake up, every day, the Holy Spirit rewinds me or resets me and shows me the why of my life. Shows me the why of my life. And you guys know, and I'm speaking from experience this, this past month, that I've, I've you know, when, when I've been dealing with, you know, someone near and dear to me leaving this earth, it points to the why, why are, are you here? Why am I here? I don't want to waste one day, guys. Not one day, not one minute. I'm living on mission. I'm living on purpose and it's serious times that we live in. Now, it's fun times. I'm, I'm about to disconnect here in a few minutes, and we're going to go have some fun. I believe in having fun and just going all out having fun. But I believe in being focused on a mission, and the Holy Spirit empowers me for that mission because I can't do it on my own. He reminds me why I'm here, and he'll remind you while you're here, why you're here, while you're here right? Every morning. I want to end with this one pet peeve that I have, and I just have to be real with you, be honest with you, because I've been on both sides of this thing, guys. I did not grow up Pentecostal, but I ran into a lot of Pentecostals, and I have a pet peeve when I see people that have pursued the Holy Spirit, and then they get prideful. and they act like I've got something that you don't got and the tendency is to make others feel like a second class Christian and that is not what these messages are about that is not what Lifeway Church is about I have a deep appreciation for salvation I grew up in an environment where Salvation was in its rightful place. There was little to no understanding about the third person of the Holy Spirit. But listen, when we experience the power of the Holy Spirit, it is not for us to look down our nose at people who haven't experienced the power of the Holy Spirit. Being filled with the Holy Spirit doesn't make me better than you. It makes me better than me. Being filled with the Holy Spirit doesn't make me better than you. It makes me better than me. Right? Because that power, His power in my life, brings me up to the next level. Guys, it's a journey. It's a journey. You know, this fact of being prideful has caused much heart harm and hurt in the body of Christ. It has caused Disunity and division when actually the Holy Spirit brought the church together in the beginning. So we need to really strive to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit but also be sensitive to others. And like I've shared before, it took me a while to get to the place where I was willing to submit to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. So, I believe that we've got an accurate picture of Pentecost, that we're getting a clearer picture of the Holy Spirit, and that you desire to walk in this power that the Holy Spirit brings. That is my prayer, that you'll come back next week, you'll come back the week after, and you'll find out more. Next week, I'm going to be talking about the gifts of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit. Spirit. And yes, I'm going to be talking about all nine gifts of the Spirit. So you don't want to miss it. And I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is so real, so tangible. And like I said on the the very first week, my desire is that you develop a deep, intimate relationship and fellowship with the person of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Father, thank you for speaking to us. through this message. Lord, let the words that we wrote down, the words that we heard, and even the words that we can go back and listen to and view on the video and the audio, that these words that have been released, let them minister grace to us that have heard. Thank you. Thank you for showing us the power of the Holy Spirit and how... How you designed the sacrifice of Jesus. The completion. The day of Pentecost fully coming. The feast of tabernacles and how it points to the second coming of Jesus. Thank you that these feasts are a completion. Jesus is in all the feasts. Thank you for showing us and teaching us, and leading us. Thank you, Father, for the journey that we're on to experience your fullness. In Jesus' name. If you're in this place today and you want to pray and receive Jesus as Lord, you want to, you want to make a decision, and maybe you've said it before, or maybe you've prayed it in private, and you want to do it today, and you want to let somebody know that you are making this decision. I want to pray with you. So while everybody's heads bowed and every eye closed, nobody looking around. If you want to pray, receive Jesus today and make a decision for Christ to follow him all the days of your life. If that's you, you want to do that today, I just want to I just want to see your hand. So if that's you, just lift your hand up right there where you are. Let me see it and then you can put it right back down. If that's you today, just let me see. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. I see you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Let's all stand. Listen, I remember the day that I was born again. I was 11 years old, so that was some 45. 44 years ago, something like that. One thing as you get older, you, you don't add as fast. <laughs> but you know, it still works. When I was 11 years old, thank God. I'll never forget it. I will never forget it as long as I live. And I'm passionate about seeing people become born again. So that, that person that, that raised their hand this morning, this is between you and God. This is between you and God, and, and sometimes we don't respect that enough, but you're, you're standing there before God. He sees your heart, and as we pray this prayer, you are connecting with God. You're not connecting with the church. You don't, you don't have to become a member of Lifeway Church. That is not what gets you into heaven, right? Right? I want you to, every one of us that believe in Jesus, we believe with our heart and we confess with our mouth, I want you to pray this prayer with me, okay? Including the one that made that decision today. Say this with me. Heavenly Father, Father, I stand before you today today believing in Jesus Jesus. because of what I've heard. heard. Thank you you for for forgiving me of all my sins. I have, sinned, I have sinned, and I am a sinner. Am a sinner. But, today, but today, I take your grace, I take your grace. in salvation, in salvation. Through, the Lamb of Jesus. through the spotless Lamb of Jesus. Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you for, shedding your blood for shedding your blood and for forgiving me. And for forgiving me. Thank, you, Father, thank you, Father, for receiving me for receiving as your child. Today I decide, Today I decide to, follow Jesus to follow Jesus all the days of my life. All the days of my life. I, stand I stand forgiven a child, of God. a child of God from now, from now into eternity, eternity. In, Jesus name. in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you. I thank you for working in that heart. I thank you, Lord, and that people may be watching this video listening to this audio make the same decision there are people being saved all over the place all over this earth the harvest is on lord and we thank you for creating us a church that's focused on seeing people born again and seeing people empowered with the holy spirit we thank you father